afternoon. Habakkuk chapter 2. Just remain standing with me here this morning. Habakkuk chapter 2. I just came from uh, preaching in the city of Concord. I was with them just a little while ago. And so that's why, uh, for those of you that were wondering, hey, where's Pastor at? He's there. Well, I was just driving in on my way here. I had caught a little accident from Concord. But I got here. I drove here. I said, I got to get here. I got to get here uh, to the church. I'm excited to be able to preach and uh, be with the family. So uh, being there with Concord. So those of you guys that are watching from Concord, God bless you. I love you guys. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm friends with the guy on Instagram that I met last year and you know how we met we met by our mutual hate for the Dodgers true story he ran a page and he runs a page actually called Dodger hater memes so I found him one day I go hey you know because you don't know who's on the other side you have no idea it could be a crazy guy or a crazy pastor you have no idea so one day we were just talking. I go, man, you got some really good memes. He goes, hey, I like your Dodger memes too. I go, no, they're really good. I, I'm better than, than you are. You know, we're just going. And so last year he's like, hey, man, just pray for me. You know, I'm really, you know, I want to see, you know, something happen. I, I used to go to church. I'm a backslider. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to be praying for you. And about a month ago, he uh, messages me and tells me, he goes, hey, I moved to Concord. Is this the same Victory Outreach as you guys? I go, yeah, that's us. He goes, oh, okay, I'm going to go there one day. I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there September 9th. So today, this morning, I messaged him, and I met him today at Victory Outreach Concord. It was awesome. And he's Indian, and this is the crazy thing. I know my wife's probably going to trip. I didn't tell her, but his name is Aditya. He's Indian. That's the best friend I grew up with at Fremont Christian. It's not the same guy, but he has the same name. And when we were talking, I started talking like it was Indian. I, I just, I do that. He goes, oh my gosh, that's my family. And we just started talking and going, I go, trust me, bro. Indians and Mexicans, we're almost exactly alike. We all love hot food. And whenever you see one, there's probably about another 40 right behind them. We run in packs. We're small, but man, we pack a punch. That's just, that's Indians and Mexicans. There's just tons of us all over the place. I go, you fit right in. He's all, amen. And so I was talking with them. We actually had lunch right after. So AJ, if you're watching out there, God bless you. Love you. Pray that God does some great things with you. And uh, I know that mutually we, we hate the Dodgers, but hopefully mutually we can love the Lord together. That's the best thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to read one verse, verse 3. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. I love that part right there. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Father, be with us these next few moments. Let he that has an ear, let him hear. Let faith arise, Lord God, and let your power be absorbed here today, Lord God, that we could do your work and your will while we're here in the Bay Area. But let us see the vision 
that you have for this church, for us as individuals, together corporately, and what you want us to do. You've called us. You've separated us. Lord, we're an open, broken vessel. In Jesus' name. We all said? Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them it's vision time. You may be seated. When he was 88, the Supreme Court justice by the name of Oliver Wendell Holmes, he found himself on a train. The conductor called for tickets, but Justice Holmes, he couldn't find his ticket, and he seemed terribly upset. He searched his pockets, he fumbled around his wallet, and he had no success. The conductor was very sympathetic, and he said, don't worry, Mr. Holmes. The Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to trust you. When you reach your destination, you'll probably find the tickets, and you could just mail it to us. But the conductor's kindness really didn't put the Supreme Court Justice Oliver at ease. He said, my dear man, my problem is not where is my ticket. My problem is where am I going? Far too often, many of us, we get on the train of life, and we're excited to be there, but we don't know where our destination is. And the thing about it is that here this morning, you need to know something that you cannot and should not leave here without a vision from God. You need to have a vision. Now, this is the great thing. You're involved in a church that just leaks vision. It's all over the place. We got vision galore. If you ain't got no vision, don't worry about it. I'll give you some. And if I ain't got enough to give to you, then the person next to you got some. Because here this morning, you need to catch the vision. There needs to be something that gets inside of you that's more than just, well, I got to wake up, put my time clock in, make some money, put some money in my pocket, pay the landlord, pay this and do this with the insurance and pay that car note. Listen, my friend, it's a whole lot more than just waking up and going to work you need to have a vision from the lord and you need to know this this morning the lord has a vision for you that's the great thing about it he has a destination for you but will you catch the vision in proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 we share the scripture a lot it says where there is no vision the people will perish the word vision there is a revelation from God. In other words, you need to know God's will for your life. you got to have that vision. What is God's revelation for your life? Some of the translations say, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. You know what that word cast off restraint means? It means that the people become ungovernable. You can't govern them. And if there's anybody that understands that we don't like government, it's the liberal Bay Area. The Bay Area is figuring out a way to figure, I don't want the government. Get away from me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't invade nothing. This is, just, this is just me. Matter of fact, if you go to San Francisco, you see a lot of people who have cast off restraint. Right? Because I want to do it my way. As a matter of fact, I ran into a few people that were out there that were homeless by choice. Did you know that? If you've never done it, go to San Francisco. You'll meet some people. They actually have a home. They choose not to live in it. That's the spiritual definition of casting off restraint. I do have a purpose. I don't want it. I do have something. I just don't want to go there. They get rid of it. They can't become governable. And the Bible says, if you have no vision, you're not going to be able to find your destination. And the thing about it is that the Bible even uses that word perish. 
And the word perish means subtly and slowly you're going to die. That's what perishing means. It doesn't mean a, a sudden death. It means slowly you will find yourself with no purpose. And some of you here, you come to church and you listen to the man with the microphone, but little by little, if you don't have a vision, you're going to think the only way through salvation is listening to a guy or a woman with a microphone. That's how I'm going to make it to heaven. No, my friend, you need to have a vision. Tell your neighbor, you need a vision. Now, come on, tell him with some conviction. Tell him, you need a vision. See, the casting off restraint is the fatal effects of the absence of God's will revealed that is stated to be confusion, disorder, or even rebellion. My friend, you need to have a vision from God. In Habakkuk chapter 2, matter of fact, let's read the whole verse here. Starting with verse 1, it says, I will stand upon my watch and set, up, set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may... Run with that who read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. It will not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. Listen, one of the reasons why many times whenever you see a preacher, and you hear a preacher, and he says, hey, write that down, it's because God is speaking to you, and you need to write the vision down. You got to write it down because many times, I don't know if it's happened to you, but it's happened to me many a times where I actually have not been taking notes and I go, ooh, that's a good word. That's really good. And I was not taking notes and I left that day and somebody goes, hey, what did the preacher talk about? And I go, ah, uh, exactly. But it was a good word, right? It was a good word. It, it felt good at the time. But if it's a vision from God, you got to write that thing down. Some of you singles, by the end of the year, you got to write, I will be married. I only got one amen out of that one right there. All the singles in their minds are like, amen. Preach it, pastor. You know the hard part about vision, though? Is because I said that, right? I said, write it down. Make it plain. I'm going to be married. The problem is, is that everybody loves to look at the vision. Nobody loves to go through the process to get to the vision. Because before you get a husband, are you becoming a woman of God? And that's where people cast off restraint. Right there. I should end the message right there, huh? I'll just end it. Are you okay, Will? Everything's good. You're still teacher of the year, bro. You're still there. You got it. You won. A vision, a conscious and mental and spiritual picture of a possibility of what we can become. This is why we need to take this journey and what we're doing and how we are to attain this God-given revelation and take it seriously. Somebody said, vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. Vision is the art of seeing of what is invisible to others. John the Revelator and even Daniel both had a vision from God. Paul on the road to Damascus received a heavenly vision that changed his path. As a matter of fact, his vision that was given to him by God not only changed his life's direction, it changed his name. 
Some of you right now, I believe that when God gives you a vision, it's going to change your name. Some of you need a name change. Some of you grew up in the streets that they gave you a horrible name. Now, for me, I can make fun of my name that I grew up with, no big deal, because it's not true anymore. But when I was a kid, my, kid, my family still calls me this to this day when I go see them. They don't call me Esteban. They don't even call me Primo. They don't call me Cousin. They say, hey, Pumpkin. Right now, every nickname has, like, a reasoning for it. Like, why do they call you Gato? Why do they call you clown why do they call you payaso right payaso why do they call you creeper like, what are, that's a weird nickname just ended up as a creeper what? spirit of tlc right there right but they call me pumpkin and the reason why they call me pumpkin is because now i looked at the pictures when i was a kid it's actually true when i was a little kid when i was about a year old and probably about a year to two years to three years, I was so fat, I was round like a pumpkin. It's okay. Don't feel bad for me. I'm not pumpkin anymore, so I don't care. It's no big deal. So for me, I have no problem shedding that name because that's not who I was. For some of you, you do have a problem shedding the name because the enemy and the people still call you that. Still a loser. Ain't never going to make it. Your parents divorced, you're going to get divorced. Yeah, you messed up. You ran away when you were 13. Your kids are going to run away. Wait till they turn 13. They're going to run away too. They're going to hate you just like you hated you. And so they have a name on you. They have a jacket on you. But see, here today, I want you to know something. God has given you a vision that you don't have to worry about what the world calls you and what the enemy says. God has given you a vision and a plan that is greater than what anybody else could ever give you. You could say, hey, you could call me any name you want, but I know that I am a child of God. I have a vision from God. That's what happened with Paul. No longer was he Saul, but he said, hey, now. I'm on my way to become an apostle. And with that vision, he started uh, missions all over the world. And even in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it shares how a vision can only develop from a God-given burden. God-given burden. See, when God gives us a burden, something inside of us begins to change. It consumes our thoughts, and every move that we make, we dwell on the burden. Listen, my friend, we need some people with a vision in this place because when you have a vision you have a burden it just it eats at you it's just there there's nothing you could do it's like when you talk with people it's just it's it's inside of you there's nothing you can do about it when people come up to you and shake their hand it just it just oozes out of you like hey how you doing hey god bless you you want to come with me to the prisons i'm going tomorrow like what what in the world? Because it's inside of you. I, I got to go to the prisons. Hey, I'm going evangelizing tomorrow. Come on, you, you want to come? Like, oh, my brother, I just wanted to say hi. But when it's a vision, it just comes out of you. There's nothing I can do. It just, it's there. That, that's why some of you, even right now when we were talking about Run for Hope, it's just like, hey, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Sponsor me. Come on, you got to sponsor me. You got to sponsor me because it's just there. It's just, it's just coming out. It's a, it's a vision. I got, I got a vision. I got to do something about it. And when it's a God-given vision, it's a God-given burden. It's a God-given burden. See, this is why you and I 
My friend, you got to understand something. This is what makes us even unique as a ministry because of the vision that God has given you and I. Whenever I walk into a room and I'm there with pastors, they don't really necessarily look at me as a young man. They go, oh, he's a youngster. You know what they look at me now? They say, oh, that's Victory Outreach. That's some crazy radical folk that used to be involved in gangs, drugs, and prisons. And you want to know the crazy thing? I was never involved in gangs, drugs, and prisons. You know why? Because they don't see me. They see vision. When people see you, do they see just what's in front of you? What you do for a living? Do they just see, oh, he makes money. She does this. She's just, oh, she's just the, uh, the stay-at-home mom. Is that all she does? No, no, no. I have a vision. That may be what I do with my hands, but that's not who I am in my heart. Because when it comes out of me, it comes out vision. I have a vision for this. I have a vision for my, see, you just think I'm a stay-at-home mom, but right now I'm developing future leaders of America right here. I'm developing. I'm getting something ready. So you could call me a stay-at-home mom all you want, but I got a vision. I got, I got a vision. See, you don't see it, but I do. See, vision is the art of seeing what others can't see. It's the invisible to them, but it's visible to you. That's what a vision is. Some of you here this morning, you need to get a vision. Look at your neighbor and say, get a vision. In 2 Kings chapter 5, Naaman was the captain of the host of Syria. He was an honorable man and an honor, a man of valor, but he became a leper. God said to go into the river Jordan. Imagine that. Imagine this man of valor, this powerful man coming over leprosy, getting leprosy, getting a, a, a plague, getting diseased with this. And all of a sudden, the man was then told, go dip in the River Jordan. Wait, hold on one second. I got to go to the doctors. No, you don't. Go do what I'm telling you. But no, 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 this is how you handle it. God's saying, no, I've got a different way for you, but you got to see it. And Naaman, because he got the vision, okay, I'm going to do it. As crazy as this is, as weird as it is, I'm going to show up every Sunday to church. I didn't grow up like that. That's not how I was, but I'm going to do that. Every Sunday, I'm going to dip myself in the river of God. And I'm going to do it at VO Heart. I know many of you, you didn't grow up like that. But we're not asking you to bring your past experiences here. Matter of fact, we're asking you to leave your past experience in the past. You need to get a vision for the future. What does God have for you in the future? Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. In Mark chapter 2, there was a woman who she had an issue of blood for 12 years. She found herself in the midst of the healer. Too, too weak to press through, she reached and she even touched the hem of his garment. You know what I love about this story in particular? Is that this woman, no matter what, she knew all I got to do is get there. That's all I got to do is get there. You know what I see with this kind of vision? Is that this kind of vision, I don't know if you've ever been or seen the horse races before. Have you ever seen the horse races? These horses, they're big, they're huge, they're, not, they're fast. But one of the things I always tripped on is these horses have blinders on. And they put the blinders on there. And the reason why they do that is because they don't want them to see if they're winning or losing. They want them to see just what's ahead of them. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Even though you may feel them. Even though it seems like they're right there. Just keep doing you. Keep doing you. When I read the woman with the issue of blood, that's what I think. She had blinders on. That's what I think. Because there was a lot of people around Jesus. Oh, but you got to do, you got to get to Jesus this way. No, 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 no. You got to get to Jesus this way. No, no, no. You got to dress like this. You got to talk like this. You got to walk like this. You got to do it like this. That's how you get to Jesus. And the woman said, look at I don't care how you get to Jesus. All I know is I just got to touch the hem of his garment. Everybody else wants to get to the head. Just give me the hem. 
Just, just give me the crumbs. That's all I want. Just give me the little piece. Listen, my friend, don't worry about how everyone else is trying to get theirs. You have got to get yours the way God wants you to. What's your vision? What has God given your vision? What's the vision that you have that God has given to you? Can I hear an amen? Even earlier in that same chapter in the book of Mark, you will find that there was a man with leprosy, and we even talked about this, about how when Jesus entered Capernaum, that all of a sudden there was these four men, and they brought their friend. And because they brought their friend, they said, no, listen, I'm not leaving here without my friend getting touched. He has to get, I don't know how he's going to get touched, but he's going to get touched. And if I got to make a hole in the roof, then I'm going to make a hole in the roof. They saw their friend getting healed, and they had to do whatever it took. But do whatever it takes. I know it may be crazy to others, but I don't care. I'm going to put a hole in the roof. Think about that just for a quick second. You go to somebody's house of somebody you've never met, and you put a hole in the roof. Sounds like something Pastor Greg would do, right? But not on purpose. It just happens. Whoops. Pastor Greg goes, no, but that's for the guy who's going to get healed. That's why I made that hole in the roof. That's what it's there for. But think about that for, just for a quick second. Just think about that. If somebody randomly came over your house and you were sitting there watching television and a hole happened in the middle of your roof, you'd get upset, right? You're mad. How, how dare you? I don't know you. That's exactly what was happening with these guys. How dare? That's not the way you walk into this house. I don't care if it's packed. Wait outside. How dare? That is just unethical. There's no respect whatsoever. These men didn't care about that. I have a friend. He needs to get healed, and I'll do whatever it takes. See, this is, what, this is why I listen to me, men's home. These stories that are in the Bible, more than half of the stories of Jesus, if not all, talk about the men's home. Because it's, they're crazy. They are off the hook crazy stories. Who in their right mind would do that? Who in their right mind, like I'm telling you, the very first woman at the woman's home was when they were actually supposed to stone her. They were supposed to beat her and kill her. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. He who has sin, cast the first stone. I got to take this woman to the woman's home right now. At Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, opens up 2018. <laughs> Radical stories, cutting holes in roofs, spitting in people's eyes. What in the world? This is crazy. This is, but when you have a vision, no, it's going to happen. My friend will get healed. Listen, some of you, you got to get a vision for your dad. You got to get a vision for your mom. You got to get a vision for your son, a vision for your daughter. Because if you get a vision for them, it doesn't matter what's happening at the present. Doesn't matter what's happening at the present. Why? Because I got a vision. God told me they're going to get saved. God told me they're going to get touched. My husband will get touched. My wife will get touched. I have a vision from God. I got a vision. Tell your neighbor, I have a vision. And really quickly, I'm going to close with this one. You need to know here, even at Victory Average Heart of the Bay, we have a vision right here. There is a vision for our church. You know, as a matter of fact, right away, you'll know the vision for us because we say it many times over. We have a vision to reach the treasures out of darkness. That's reach the treasures out of darkness. It's basically saying we're going to go to places that nobody else wants to go. That's why it's called darkness. 
because let's be very honest. Some of you, you'll, you won't even walk into a room in your own house if it's dark. And you know the place. And you still won't walk in there. Okay, all right. No, no problem, no problem. Just wanted to make sure there's no boogeyman here. That's all. With Victory Outreach, we don't have to switch on the light. We are the light. Come on, we are the light. If you are the light, give the Lord a hand of praise. That's what God has called us to do. Reach the treasures of our darkness. After we reach them, another part of our vision is to train men and women to fulfill their destiny in their life. That's what we're called to do. That's why tomorrow night we're having a women's discipleship. See, some of you, some of you women, you think, oh, my gosh, it's a bunch of ladies getting together. I can't even stand myself, let alone another 80 women. Oh, my God. Now, your husband's probably saying, amen, that's true, amen, amen, amen. But the reason why you see it through the eyes of other women is because you don't have a vision for yourself. You don't have a vision for yourself. You're seeing your circumstances in front of you. You're seeing what you don't have. You're seeing how everything around you, I'm probably going to be miserable tomorrow because my coworker always gets mad at me on Monday and I get mad at her and oh my God. That's what you see. You don't have a vision. When you have a vision, it becomes, well, I can go through hell and high water, but I'm still going to be there tomorrow night because I got a vision. I got a plan. God's got a purpose for me. I need to be there. My children are counting on me. And even if you got no children, you need to act and start acting like a mom right now because one day you're going to have children. That's a vision. That's just the way that, that's a vision. You got to act like it. Act like you got a vision. The third thing, after we reach, we train, then also we send disciples all over the world and establish churches and plant the kingdom flag in every inner city across the globe. That's what we do. I I was just having a conversation with our shotgun cast. I said, are you guys ready? Because next year we're going to be doing this. I said, we're going to travel to 12 different cities next year on purpose, with a purpose. And if anybody's watching right now, they're probably going to get the first because I haven't promoted this. But we're going to take shotgun anywhere that anybody would ask us. The first 12 cities and 12 cities only. Or I should say 11 because the 12th is right here. We're doing it here in Hayward next year. We're going to do the drama shotgun. But this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it for free. We're going to do it for free. And we're going to put out our own money to go help you. That's what we're going to do. Because that's what we're called to, we just, that's what we're called to do. That's just, let's just be honest. That's our power spot. We're really good at it. We love evangelizing. We love winning souls. We might as well help the rest of the body with that. So next year, the first 11 cities that call, we're going to put them on the calendar. And once a month, we're going to travel. It may be even local or it might be even international. Now, this is the crazy thing. If he's watching right now, the pastor, I, I, I miss your name. Forgive me if, if I don't pronounce it correctly. But the pastor in Germany, he's already asked for the drama. And I'm like, Sprechen Sie Säufens und Sneifens. Sneifens und Sneifens. Shotguns.
I got vision. I'm going to speak German one day. I'm going to do it. Gonna... But that, 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 I mean, think about that. Who in the right mind from Hayward even thinks about going to Germany? See, when other people think about going on vacation, we think about, no, I'm going to plant a flag. We're going to save souls. Why? Because I got a vision. God has called me to do this. This is what God has given me to do. I am a treasure out of darkness, and wherever I go, I spread the light of Christ. I am the salt of the earth, and wherever I go, I preserve the culture of God. I am the light of Christ. Another thing about us, the vision of the heart of the bay, is our vision is to lift Jesus higher. That's it. That's what we do. We lift Jesus higher, higher and higher. Lift him up for the world to see. He said if be lifted from the, I will. You know, you know what you just sang? You sang vision. That's what you're singing. You're singing vision. Lift Jesus higher, higher and higher. And if you don't know these songs, you got to get them in your spirit. These are the songs that lift your spirit. These are the songs that give you purpose. Okay, that's what I'm called to do. Even if I'm down, I'm going to lift him higher. Even if I'm not feeling good, I'm going to push him up. Even though I may not have it all together, I'm still going to lift him higher. I am called by God, and wherever I go, I'm going to lift him higher. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. As he comes to the piano, this is what it's going to take. And I close with this. This is what it's going to take. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, my friend. We cannot rely on book knowledge alone. We can't rely on book knowledge alone. Listen, I love reading books. I got a ton of books. I have a lot of books in my iPad. I have a lot of uh, uh, tabs that I have, even on my phone, of, of articles that I read that I go over and I look at it and say, man, I love reading, but I know one thing. Reading is good, but action is better. Just don't be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. Now, of course, you need to hear because faith comes by hearing the word of God. But after you hear it, do it. That's where the Holy Spirit starts doing his job. Says, oh, all right. You got saved? Now let's start moving. Now let's start doing. Let's start seeing this happen. That's what it's going to take, a move of the Holy Spirit. See, my friend, when we have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a distinct mark that you and I belong to Christ. And also the last thing that it's going to take, the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's going to take a part of you that you have to refuse to lose. Refuse to lose. Refuse to say, you know what? I am a product of my environment. No, you're not. You're not a product of your environment. I'm going to tell you that right now. Listen to me. Those of you that you've had those conversations, that's been told you're a product of your environment. No, you're not. You're not a product of your environment. Your past is a circumstance of your environment. Yeah, that did happen. You did do those drugs. That did happen to your family. The, that divorce did take place before. Yeah, all that stuff, that did happen. But it doesn't mean that it still has to happen. It doesn't have to happen. I was having a conversation just the other day with a, a few of the girls that live with us. We were talking. And as we were talking, uh, I was sharing with them why I stopped drinking soda. A lot of people, they already know this about me. I don't drink any soda. I haven't drank soda uh, since I was 20, 
22, I want to say 22 years old. So it's been about 17 years. 17 years. I don't drink soda. But for some of you, wow, pastor, that's powerful. Good for you. That's your vision, not mine. Now, that's just my choice. Can I tell you why, though? Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. The reason why I chose, and again, it's my choice. I'm not putting this on anybody. I chose because I come from a family of a lot of diabetics. A lot of them. And a lot of them also, now, of course, they drink a lot of alcohol. I'm not going to lie and say it was only soda, but they drank a lot of alcohol. They did a lot of drugs, too. But also, my father did. My father did a lot of bad things with his body before he got saved. He did a lot of bad things, things that he regretted. And the thing was is that when I started seeing my father in the state he was in, and now, if you look on the outside, he was actually a big guy. But on the inside, his liver was getting eaten. Didn't know that. But on the outside, looked healthy. Looks good. He had 22-inch arms. He was big, big guy. He could bench. Wow, pastor, you're doing great. But the inside. So when I was 22 years old, I said, you know what? I got to make a change. This ain't happening. I love root beer. I loved cream soda. Like, loved it. I drank it like it was water. Just love cream soda. It was the best. But I just made a choice. I said, you know what? Mm, no, I'm done. And from that moment, it really was. It wasn't like a heavy revy. It was just, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I refuse to lose a liver. I refuse to lose to a heart attack. I refuse. It's not going to happen. I'm just not going to do it. Now, for some of you, you need to get that in your spirit because the doctor's already told you you need to stop. So you're not, you're not even listening to me. You need to, if you're going to be around here for the long haul, you know why they call it a long haul? Because the older you get, the more you haul. In your mind. All these things that you're holding on to. And if you don't better yourself spiritually, you're going to cast off restraint. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm done with this parenting. Do whatever you want, son. Do whatever you want. I don't even care. I'm done with this marriage. Do whatever you want, husband. Do whatever. I don't even care. You need to have a vision. And in that vision, you need to refuse. No. As for me and my house, that's the great thing I love about it. That speaks to the men first. As for me, men, you're first. Not your wife's fault. Not your kid's fault. You first. As for me, and then my house. We're going to serve the Lord. You need to have a vision. You need to catch a vision. And I would challenge you, if you're here today and you don't have a vision, you need to get on your knees, dig some wells, pray, and say, okay, God, I need to catch a vision. I need to get a vision for this thing. Because I'm not letting no death come and invade my call that you've given me to do. As for me and my house, as for me and this vision, we will serve the Lord. Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. It is time to catch the vision once again for your heart, for your spirit, for your family, for your future. Your children are depending upon it. You need to have a vision.
from God. Man, I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but God's called me. Some of you guys got to wake up. Put it on your mirror every morning. I am called. No matter what, I am called. I'm a woman of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. Because when you look at that vision, you don't care what the circumstance says. I got a vision. It's called me. Separated me. I don't see it right now, but I know it. I know that 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 I am called. I'm called. You're called. Listen to me, Victory Average. You're called. You're called. You're called. You're called. You're called. You are called by God. Stand with me here this morning. You're called by God. You're called by God. You're called by God. Somebody once said, I have a flood of ideas in my mind, but I follow the vision. Don't follow ideas. Follow the vision. Follow the light. Go after that thing. Hone that thing. Listen to me. Leaders, if you're over the kids gang, be the best kids gang. If you're over the youth gang, be the best youth gang. If you're in, some of you have a vision for the jails. You need to get in the jails get in there and just say okay I know it's hard work but get in there I love that Frank and he's even he's even coming to me he's like pastor here's a paper fill it out we're gonna get you in prison amen all right this is this is a different one we're actually telling the pastor to go to prison amen only in victory hours let's do it I'll go to prison but see it's a vision see when everyone else when they're not governed they throw you into prison no vision but us, I have a vision. Oh, you ain't got to throw me in prison. I'll go there. Because I got a vision. I got to say something. Something's got to be said. It's a different mindset. When everyone else are doing, no, no, no. I got a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision. Some of you right here, right now, you got to catch a vision. You got to catch the vision. You got to catch this vision. Every head bowed and every head closed. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Touch the hearts, the minds, the bodies, and souls once again, Lord God. Of the men and women that are here, Lord God. Let them, let them catch this vision. Let them hold on to this vision, Lord God. Knowing that you called them, you separated them for your honor, for your glory. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed and you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I, I need to catch this vision again. That's what even one of the scriptures says. He talks about it again. Some of you got to do it again. When he spit on the man's eyes, he began to see. And the Bible says he began to see men like trees that were walking. And then he had to do it again. Some of you have to get this vision again. You're seeing a little bit, but you got to get it again. Catch this vision again. Let God do it again. Let him do it again in your life. Again in your marriage. Again in your finances again in your parenting again let him do it again i know you saw it that way one day but now it's a new day you need to get it again get the vision again if that is you slip out of your seat right now come to this altar and say god i want to catch i need to catch this vision once again oh, hallelujah for your family, vision for your city, vision for your ministry, vision for yourself.